Blog Talk Radio. Knowledge. No from knowledge. You ever been to Miami, baby? I have. Got some. You forgot one. There's nothing in Miami but people who weren't born there at drugs. Yeah, and they know more than you'll ever learn in your little small sheltered world. Yeah! Really now? What any God knows. Got some! Ave Boo on Crown. That's French. It's obvious little Miss Mary has never been off the city block. What is that? Some new language. <laughs> Read it. You know what it is? It's nothing, you minion. You know it. But you won't confess it because you're such a coward. It is something. Something you don't know, and you won't confess that because you're a coward. This is silly, and you're a child. I go to dinner without my father's permission. Who well, says what? Now read it aloud so we can all hear how knowledgeable you are. Record stone. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is? You don't, do you? Record stone, record stone, it's nothing. <laughs> Is something. Come on, read it again. This time, say it louder. Wrecker Stowe. Louder. Wrecker Stowe. I give up. What is it? Wait, wait, wait. If you wanted to buy a Sam Cook, Abbott, where would you go? The Wrecker Stowe. <laughs> Traveling to another radio show. A broadcast not only of sight and sound, but of mind, mind. A journey into the wondrous land whose boundaries are that of the imagination. That's the on air sign up ahead. Your next stop, Afro Nerd Radio. With your guides, Dee Bird, Captain Kirk, and on Grindhouse Saturdays. The Uncanny Daryl D. Mind Expansion Engaged. folks are you tired of us are you tired of us i don't think so listen we've been very busy double duty consider this the last call this is the afro radio show featuring captain kirk and we have been called to really do this this is our calling uh your wish is our command when it comes down to requests we will comply and it's not hard because it's no, it's no secret that yours truly was, ex- was an extremely big supporter of the late Prince Rogers Nelson. And we've been going on with this thing for the last couple of days because people, I believe, are still trying to 
deal with this thing. This is a very surreal moment. This is a this is a guy that we thought was going to actually last uh, for the duration. And I guess on a cosmic cosmic level, psychically, if we're going to be honest, he will endure because his music is so vast. We're talking about that infamous vault of his. We're hearing that we got we have a century worth of new music. Let me repeat that. We have a century worth of new music. So let's consider this the final call, the last call, uh, the after party. And I, w- I had to comply to the captain with playing some of the more well-known cuts because uh, my half-crazy behind, uh, channeling his royal badness, I'm, I would prefer to play more of the obscure cuts, which I'm going to do. But we're going to mix it up. This is our after party I'm going to be somewhat self-indulgent. You're just going to have to deal with it. We're expecting quite a few calls because people wanted to give their insights, their impressions, their experiences with his royal badness, with his music, and, and even personal experiences. Hell, that's out there as well. The call in number, feel free to, to buzz on in. Again, this is our after-party Prince retrospective. We're going to disseminate information and disseminate funk. That's what we do. We do that anyway. 646-915-9620. Six four six nine one five ninety six twenty. So I'm going to play some obscure stuff, and I'm going to play, as I said, the, the hits that the Lesters need to know. <laughs> the Lesters need the hits. I don't need the hits. I just need the funk. All right. There's a cut that Prince did for one of his. Um, uh, you know what? I'm just going to play it, and I'll and I will explain it. This cut is called, and I'm and mind you. This is kismet. There's a word that we use incessantly on this pro- program. Shout out to David Carroll on YouTube. It's called deconstruction. Prince has a cut called deconstruction. That's it. A little bit of deconstruction, and then we're going to get to some discourse and more grooves, and we're going to make folks happy and play some of the hits. Deconstruction. We'll be right back. And you know what? Groove. <laughs>
Connection with his royal badness and yours truly. Deconstruction was that group from the 2001 release of the Rainbow Children album, which I actually thought even the even the packaging of that album reminded me of what was going on with the neo soul movement. And I, I I I'm pretty sure I can't confirm this, but I'm pretty sure he was somewhat channeling that 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 groove because that was at around a time that neo neo soul was at its zenith. And, and all those albums that came out, whether it was Common or D'Angelo, they kind of had the same look. And it was more of his foray going back into original instrumentation. So the look of the album, the vibe, the jazz, the jazz um, tonality of that album, it seemed as if he was being influenced. And even with his shows, uh, it wasn't uncommon for Erica Badu to, to come through uh, quite a few cats that were connected to the Neo Soul movement were all of a sudden appearing at concerts at that time. So anyway, again, this is the last call, folks, courtesy of Africa Radio, courtesy of the Africa Radio Machine. Uh, let's introduce, I don't think I formally introduced, I'm so caught up in this thing. Captain, you're needed in main engineering. Again, let's get to it. 
anybody, if you're on the West Coast, if you're on the West Coast, good afternoon to you. Now, what we're doing here today is just par for the course. When Afroner did the impromptu show on Thursday, I suggested to him behind the scenes, you need to dig into this more because of how great this man is, meaning which doing another show. And the reason why I say is, even though he is gone, is because we still have the music. And a lot of times as humans, we are very much into celebrating death more than we celebrate life. So what I want to do, and this is something that I'm going to suggest to Afroner behind the scenes, you won't know the people until it happens, is that I want to invert the pyramid, meaning which, what do I mean by that? There are still a lot of great artists around that are still alive and have some really good music out there, and at times great music. So we need to showcase these people. Maybe we'll group them in twos every now and then on a Sunday and just play their music and talk about it, where we were at the given time, how we felt, those sort of things. There's something that I think that we should be doing because we need to invert that pyramid and learn to celebrate life also. Now, that being said, again, this show is just par for the course. It's all about Prince. I'm going to hand it over to the great Afroner. Take it, sir. Yeah, you know, before we get to some more grooves, it's, gonna, it's a combination. And, and again, uh, folks that, that would like to call in and give us their impressions or their personal stories, their, their, their sense of insight regarding this great musician, um, f- feel free to do so, 646-915-9620. Again, this is the last call. This is the after party. And I, I, will, I will confess that I'm going to play some esoteric stuff, but I'm also going to play uh, the songs that you may be, may be more familiar with. But going back into Prince, again, you know, he's from Minneapolis, and it really put Minneapolis on the map. I mean, just, just you know, and I mentioned this before, the fact that he was able to carry that region, carry a state and a, and a city, the Minneapolis and, and Minnesota in its totality, um, it harkens back to a time when you had these regional, regional sounds. I mean, we still have regional sounds, but I'm talking about black musicality, musical sounds. If you talk about Chicago blues or New York jazz or West Coast jazz, um, St. St. Louis blues and so forth, uh, or St. Louis Southern root, Southern R&B, uh, Beale Street blues, Beale Street music, um, they were regional. And I just don't feel that way. I know that hip-hop has the Dirty South, and we, of course, you know about the Sedgwick Houses uh, in the Bronx as far as the birthplace for hip-hop. That's a part of it. But when it comes down to the real musicianship, that, that, that's over. I mean, in, in a way, as far as it really being promoted. I mean, honestly, we're, we're going to do our best channeling what the great captain has just stated that I'm always mentioning and showcasing. We're doing it together showcasing unique music, the Afropunk scene, shout out to Afropunk, Afropunk Philly is coming around, Afropunk Atlanta, and of course Afropunk Brooklyn. So there's things going, at, going around, but if, if black folks and, and other, other people, the powers that be, if they're not going to get behind these movements the way that they did years ago, it may all be for naught. Anyway, again, Prince left the building at the age of 57, about a month, two months away from, uh, about a month actually, a month away from his 58th 
birthday, June 7th, um, born in, in a musical environment. You know, his father was a, a great local pianist, John L. Nelson. And when you think about Purple Rain, Purple Rain, there's a lot of fiction in Purple Rain, but there was also some stuff that was actually quite, quite accurate. But even with the lineage thing, not that it really matters when it comes to what, 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 is, what is black, truly black, but he, he, was, he was a master at knowing what it would take to be acceptable. Uh, and, as, as, and as with like many black people, um, especially in entertainment, you know, you kind of find yourself as you mature. So he had this Italian black thing going on. But the reality is that his mother, Maddie Shaw, was a singer, a singer in John L. Nelson's band. And she was a, an African-American woman of Creole extraction, think, think Beyonce Knowles type. Uh, and John L. Nelson was African-American. So he came from a monoracial lineage. But as I said, it doesn't really matter when it comes down to what, what black is. Uh, President Obama is a testament to that, and he has said it himself. We are an admixtured folk. So uh, all that stuff that went down in the movie, that was for the sake of the crossover. <laughs> and that came out later on. For those who are true Princeologists, they know that kind of stuff. I'll give more information about Prince, more on his development. I want to play some more music uh, Bear with me as I, as I go into my own personal indulgences, and then I'll go into the more well-known grooves. This right here, I think, is probably in the middle. For those who are real, who are real funk technicians, they know this groove. This is DMSR. We'll be right back. Let's groove.
is so sweet. Now you can all take a bite of my purple rock till we stop. Are you ready? Badness, one of the funkiest tunes ever created in my estimation. DMSR, Dance Music Sex Romance for the 1999 album. And I think it still holds weight, still 30 plus years later. Uh, will we see this again from some other artists? I, I, don't, I, I would like to see some other artists come out now that could, that could be this funky. I, I don't know. I mean, uh, we will see. <laughs> we will see. Uh, let's go to I also we see numbers here if you'd like to join in on the conversation um, we know that folks do listen to us in their cars using their phones and so forth iPods um, iPads pardon me uh, just press number one if you press number one so that way that way we know that you want to join in on the conversation you have some words or some uh, comments relating to the passing of his royal badness I see someone has come forward so we're going to get to the phones, and then we're going to get to some more music. Uh, 760. 7-6-0, welcome to this special after party for His Royal Badness. Tell us who you are, where you're calling from. Uh, this is Sean Hill. I'm currently calling from Oakland. Sean, what's up, How's it man? Going, Sean? Right. What's up, man? I'm doing what's good. What's going on, guys? Oh, nothing much. Pretty man. good. Just, uh, do do like you guys are doing, man. Reminiscing on the funk. Oh man, it's this is a blow. This is a blow. This this is. I feel very. I feel like someone in my family has passed on because I've been in a daze since I heard the news. I really have. I've been. I feel I've yes, been sir. out of sorts, and I feel like I can't listen to the gentleman's music with the same. I don't know joy or matter of factness that I always had. I always knew that it was important for him to be alive for me to enjoy this music. I don't know if that makes any sense. But I, you yeah. always knew that as bad as the scene is currently, this is the go-to man. As long as he, as long as he was alive, music was alive. That may be exactly. music extreme. You know? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was saying that to a friend earlier. You know, no matter what was going on in the music scene, I could always count on Prince to, 
to give me something new, to give me something fresh. I may not always like it, but hey, at least at least the effort was there. You know, the the younger cast, the newer people aren't really putting it down and, and holding it down uh, like Prince did. And, and my question is like, who who's next? Who's the who's the the torch being passed to? And I just don't don't see anyone uh, uh, that's able to do that. Yeah, you know, I, I jokingly say Bruno Mars is trying to channel some funk, but it's it's recycled funk. If you're going to be honest about it, yeah, it's watered down. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's 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 watered down. And people applaud it, and that's what makes it so disingenuous, Sean, is you see that they're ready to give full credit and lay out the red carpet for Bruno Mars as if he's doing something new. And then when the funksters that are still alive, shout out to uh, whether it's Fishbone doing the Sky sky, or whether it's George Clinton and and, uh, Bootsy, they're still breathing. And when Prince was still breathing, if they came out with something new, the millennials would say, "I'm not feeling it." If Bruno Mars is the same right. song, oh, that's that. Oh, that's 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 like brand new bread. Yeah, that's I mean, the jam. No, number one hit. That's the jam. Sudden. <laughs> it is what. It is. Any any personal thoughts about you know what 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 the gentleman meant to you or? Oh, oh man, um, Prince was everything to me as far as music. Uh, I've been a fan since uh, 1983. Uh, there's not a, there's not a day that's gone by that I haven't listened to you know at least one or two or, or three Prince songs in, in a given day usually more than that but you know at least that uh, I've been to you know countless countless concerts and you know I've got all the movies all the you know all the the unauthorized stuff I've got everything so to me this is this is a huge huge blow you know me and the and the brothers at uh, Podcast Juice you know we've we've been commiserating and and talking with some of the fans as well and. And just trying to be there to to support everyone, you know, because you know Prince was family to us, and 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 now the Purple family's got to support one another, and and you know I applaud Michael Dean, and I'm applauding you, you know, for doing the same thing, just just getting some people out and you know getting able to to air their feelings. But this one hurts, you know. MJ was was bad enough, but 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 this one this one hurts even worse. And you know, I, right now I'm just going through each album, album by album, and 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 just listening to them. I'm on controversy right now. And you know, all I could do is just, mm. is just bob my head to the funk and, and reminisce. I'm not interested in the in the talk and the, you know why he died or you know what happened. Is there a conspiracy, Illuminati? None of that. I, all I want to do is is focus on the music. Uh, I've been using the hashtag love for one another, you know, and and that's what Prince was all about, and and that's what I hope hope his legacy will will continue to be. You know, not not how he died. If there is if any you know if it's, you know foul play or drug use or drug over whatever. And I still hope that uh, you know that the music and what he stood for will still remain remain fresh. You know, something else I want to I want to mention this, and we'll get back to the grooves. Um, okay. My my uh, my my longtime friend and Captain Kirk's predecessor, uh, Mr. Starks, had said some things that reminded me about. And the funny thing is that he kind of favors Prince, believe it or not. So that's worked in his favor for quite some time. And we even went to a concert together uh, in the front row and in. in um, uh, Jones Beach, Long Island, and Prince took Mr. Stark's hand, and I gave him that look. So okay, he thinks you're a cousin or something. Anyway, as <laughs> uh, Spike Lee was down down the uh, a few a few seats down from us, so it was kind of a surreal evening. Probably one of the best concerts I ever attended to be front row to see everything up close. That's a whole different thing too. I've been to countless concerts, and after I got front row. I was, it was unacceptable for me to not be able be, to be very close to the stage. If I didn't get to the stage, I wasn't going. Right. 
It, it was it, right. it, that even was a different experience to be able to really see that genius up close. But going back to what I was going to say, um, as a reminder from what Starks told me, he said, you know, if you're going to, if we're going to be very, very much honest about Prince, Prince kind of, um, kind of gave us a blueprint on how to really deal with women in some way, kind of tapping into that sensual thing. Um, even if, whether you were using his mu- using his music as background background stuff, uh, right. that kind of kind of you know kind of being sensual and knowing how to approach women that was kind of kind of there w- with Prince. Um, right. It, it's just a lot of things that we kind of tapped. But also allowing your freak flag to fly. I saw <laughs> I've been seeing articles. I've been seeing articles now where they're saying that well you know Prince really provided the comfort and the groundwork. For the black freaks, and I say that affectionately, for people who are, now we have Afro punk, and we see we see black kids that are able to, some of them are able to kind of break away from convention. So the musicians and just regular black young people that choose to break away from convention, Prince laid the groundwork for that. So there's a lot of things that we that we have to really give credit credit for, even on a business level, and being able to be a polymath and being able to have your hands in so many different things, multi-instrumentalist, arranger. That's one of the things I always really dug about getting a Prince album is that you would always see that produced, arranged, uh, I mean, like five different titles for one person. Right. I was always in awe of that, and I never really seen anybody else do that. Anyway, uh, Sean, you can stay on hold. We're going to go to some more grooves. Uh, we have to do this. That's that's part of the Afro nerd machinery. Give you that superior funk. Uh, let's go to one more groove now. Q Storm is listening and he's saying, "Though who doesn't know some of the stuff? Some of the stuff is thirty years old. We know it, but the millennials. I've heard some real twisted up stuff about how they don't know this man. So I'm going to be a reminder. Another level hole in your head. Let's groove."
All right, we're back. Listen, double dose, double dose. Let's give you a little bit of, well, you know what? I'm, got, I'm not going to mention what this is. I'm just going to throw some stuff out there just for S and giggles. More groove. Let's see. Body oil, check. Incense, check. Fireman record, double check. I'm going to get some serious drugs tonight, okay? Let's see. If I tell Gilbert Rome to meet me at 11 and I creep at 10, that'll give me an hour of free reign. More draws. More draws. Not dirty, getting dressed. I had a couple sips of wine. Boo. I swear to God, my suit was hanging fine. Everybody at the club, bitch. When I stepped from the limousine, they said, ooh, it's good to see you. I said, oh, it's good to be seen. You know what I mean? Say what's good. It's a good thing we live close, because I almost suffocated in that car. Next time I won't wear so much Paco Rabini or whatever that's I wonder if they got potato chips up in this one. Man, this ain't like them house parties we used to go to. That's all right. I'm clean. Tonight, hey, I'm a movie star. I see myself on a silver screen. Huh. Tonight, it don't matter who you are. I'm the only star on the scene. You know what I mean? Man, I hate making movies. I like that money. Think I don't? <laughs> Check me out. I just walk in, don't even find a seat. Just threw my coat right on the floor. Grab somebody for a quick dance. Boy, girl, don't matter no more. I'm hot. <laughs> Mix was right. Bold. Floyd. Here's something. 
Man, I don't care. I got money to spare. You're cute and your music's thump. Yo, baby, get the check. Yo, baby, my behind. I need my money. Say, brother, brother, can I get some credit? No. Much money I'm spending this nasty joint? You need to be slapped. Darling, shall we leave now? Go to Hades, boy. So you like my crib? It's not mine. It's Rennie. Hey, how much did you have to drink? What's the beast like you've ever been in? So do you like environmental records? Crickets chirping, water rushing. Supposed to make you horny. Just make me want to go to the bathroom. Actually, this one's not bad. Check it out. So, like, what's your name? Oh, wow, that's dog. Be very, very quiet. Come on, y'all.
Osaka. Salaciousness for our <laughs> for our supporters. I know we do a G rated PG rated show, but uh, still, hey, you got to kind of sort of figure it out. Um, I will confess, when this song was out, I didn't really know what it meant as a young person. So now, Nicki Minaj, thanks to Nicki Minaj, she will make it far more clear as far as any kind of innuendo. And and to be honest, and not making excuses, Prince also represents the the history of black music, but also the ribald side of black music, going into the blues, you know, a sugar in my bowl and that kind of thing. The blues artists did tap into sexuality, but even when they did that, blues and race music artists and rock and roll artists, that was that is also part of the black tradition. However, it was innuendo. Not so much innuendo, not so much talent. And I'll be the first to say this, I might have said it before, so pardon me if I'm repeating myself. But you can get away with a lot, rightfully or wrongfully, if you are really talented. If you are really talented, you can get away with a lot. I don't know, I don't know if that's a right way or a wrong way, but that's just the way it is. If you're not that talented, it comes off as, as really being salacious for, for salaciousness' sake. Tipper Gore, Al Gore's wife famously had said she had it she had to be honest again we're talking about a a a political the wife of a politician who came out against prince kind of sorta when night the night when uh, 1984's purple rain came out especially a song like darling nikki she said in the same breath prince is a genius but we have to start having these parental labels on these albums but she said he's a genius yada 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 and i knew Back then, that okay, you really can't hate on this guy that that much. As, as salacious as it may be, as to what he was saying, and in later years he has he capitulated on that. Obviously, he he became a Jehovah Witness and so forth. And many of these salacious songs he refused to play, to our chagrin as as real fans of the man. But I found it interesting that Tipper would say, you know, we got to be careful with our kids, but. In so many words, the man's show is funky. That's, you know, I don't think that the crew, the crew for this time period, they're not going to get that pass. Not when it comes down to the talent and trying to to toil, trying to toil in this kind of thing. Um, folks, we're going to go to more grooves. I see more more folks, more familiar folks are coming through. Remember, if you'd like to join in the conversation, press number one. So that way we know that you want to, you want to contribute. Uh, we have a lot of listeners that just like to listen from their cars, from their cell phones, from their iPods, iPads, pardon me. Um, so I want to go to one more live cut just, just to remind you of a few things. This may have had a number of different pseudonyms. Maybe it's that, that Gemini thing. Jamie Starr, Alexander Nevermind, Joey Coco. Those are his pseudonyms. But he penned a mountain of hits for other artists. But this one is from his own personal crew, and it's a reminder that 
as bad as the time are, this particular cut, he he pinned, and for just s and giggles, he did this live. This is Prince, the bird. Give you a few minutes. Let's groove.
here talking to the girl. Special, special retrospective on the life of Prince. I'm going to bring in one of my stalwart friends, longtime friends, and I, I know that he, he, someone like this would call in because uh, I've been so closely associated with his royal badness as far as my own personal theme music. So let me bring in Nemesis. Nemesis, my brother, what's up? Uh, the bad news. You know, obviously the reason why you're yes. playing the music. Totally shocked. Yeah. I got hit hard, man, on this one. <laughs> I, I know. That's that's. I mean, I've been out, out of the out off the set for a minute, but as soon as I heard that, I said, "Oh, you know, you know, brother, man, <laughs> going through some." <laughs> <laughs> you know it, man. I mean, yo, listen, you and I, are music people, and I, and I give you full credit. Really, uh, for for introducing me to more of the hard rock line, uh, whether it was p- the Police or Van Halen, um, now it's, it sounds as normal as as Pi. But at the time when you were playing this stuff, um, 
Neil Peart and the gang, though, that, that crew. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, I always had the jazz rock fusion thing, but it was, it was, it was alien to me somewhat. But now I can't imagine not, not loving the police and stinging that whole crew. So I give, I've always given you full credit for that. And it, it just expanded my palate for someone who, lo- who grew up on jazz and, 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 and soul and blues. I was solidified with the rock. So if I was to listen to the Dark Prince himself, Ozzy, the other Prince, Dark Prince himself, Ozzy Osbourne, I could do that. Uh, and right. I'm fully, fully invested. Heavy, um, uh, who else am I thinking? Metallica. I'm heavily invested. So now, and especially mm-hmm. now, uh, even the grunge music I'm, in, I'm into because where we are right now, there's nothing else. So I'm listening to a lot of the, you know, whether it's Deep Purple or the Stones, I'm all over the place in my musical palette, and I give you a lot of credit for that, sir. So uh, kudos to you, obviously. But um, this is, this is, I said this is the death of music. This is, a, this is one of the few cats that I can rely on that when I have to deal with, with, with Kanye West and Rihanna and Justin Bieber, I look, listen, look at the names I'm listening. I, I'm listing. That's, that's, that's not my generation, admittedly. But what sucks, mm-hmm. sucks. <laughs> it is what it is. It's all Pablo. You know what? You know? Um, yeah. Any thoughts? Yeah. Any thoughts? Because you, you, you and I went to the movie. There was a movie released a few years ago of Prince, and we went to the theater to see uh, Prince live with the musicology tour. So you, yeah. you've been a kind of a tangential fan of Prince. What, what, are, what are your, your thoughts about his passing and maybe the legacy? Well, it, it, it's ironic that as soon as he passed, I started to see more footage of him having interviews with different people uh, regarding his music, the recording uh, industry, the record industry, um, politics, the world in general. He, you know, everybody knew Prince was deep, but I, I don't really think they understood how deep and on point he was. And this brings me to the next thing is, do we know anything surrounding the circumstances of his death? I, I know I don't. Did you hear anything later, you know, lately? Well, this, this is what's going on. And even the Oracle, as you know, uh, my father, <laughs> the tangential producer yes. of the show, uh, you know, he studies with the witnesses. And he, mm-hmm. was able to, he was able to peep the music, the, his later work where he infused the Jehovah Witness doctrine in the music so he has a certain perception of prince in this in the sense of there's awareness there and it's hard to kind of believe that he would have he would have gone out under really suspicious circumstances you know um or rather i should say the typical circumstances it wasn't like whitney houston where we knew she had a drug issue and that kind of thing what what we're hearing is uh the the autopsy has been completed but the toxicology is still going to be forthcoming they said it looks like it might have been a Percocet issue because the, the, because the, the man really put his body on the line to do that to do that kind of performances in advanced age. Um, you know whether or not he had hip replacement that's a question. If he didn't get it, if he did not get it done, it's an extremely painful thing. You're talking about bones grinding, and he probably damaged his body. And I don't per- perceive an a- an absolute drug addict addict in front of Walgreens getting drugs. I could see someone like Rush Limbaugh having his maid to get drugs like he did 
under suspicious circumstances, that's a drug addict or a conventional drug addict. I don't know if we, I don't know if we're going to hear anything about heroin. I don't I don't think that's the case. I think this man put his put his his art and his body out front, suffered, and I think that that may be the case. But it, it is yet to be determined. But so far things appear to be a lot less a lot less salacious than we would like, or like many are invested in thinking that it will be. I I, I don't I don't think this guy, and I think also the fact that he was nearing sixty. Uh, we all know that 60 in the modern times is not really old, but you have to take care of yourself, and you can't exactly pretend to be that you're 20 anymore. And he, he was always mm-hmm. expected to look like Prince, and for many years he still looked like Prince. And I think he might have bought into that. I think that's just me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nemesis, ho- hold on one sec. We got another caller, and then we're gonna go to more grooves. We can have you guys hold on also. 301, welcome to the the after party, Prince retrospective. What are your thoughts? Yes, 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 yes. Uh, condolences, of course, to the to the family of, of Prince. Uh, my understanding, he had an extensive exp- um, <clears throat> a family, uh, expanded family. Um, mm-hmm. Let me let me say this, and I, I want to just touch upon the early years of Prince because I think that's instructive uh, in terms of his true accomplishments beyond his music and how he really, really was a trailblazer in the music business. Prince, I, I was listening to some of his, his, his manager's talk, and based on their own admission, they were not prepared for, for Prince, okay? <laughs> they were not prepared. They had to catch up. They were not. This is what they did they, 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 from his uh, dirty mind over the purple rain. They weren't prepared for his vision, okay? I would love to see Prince's first contract with Warner Brothers. I know Prince got robbed, okay? But let me say this. Let me move on. My first uh, memory of Prince was 1980. I'm in 6th, 7th grade, and word got out on the street that the streets was alive and hot in Detroit, Michigan. That there was a concert in town that everybody was talking about. Everybody had to go see. Because I was too young, I didn't make it. It was the Fire It Up tour with Rick James. And mm-hmm. opening up for Rick James was a gentleman named Prince. But they built the concert up as a battle for funk supremacy between Rick James, who was hot, who came out the same time Prince did. But at that time in 1980, you know, he had uh, You and I, uh, Mary Jane, and a lot of other hits. And Prince, you know, mm-hmm. he, he had a couple. Okay. But anyway, somebody said who went said that Rick James whipped that ass that night. Okay. This is what they said. I wasn't there. But the people who were in the music industry, the disc jockeys in Detroit, they all saw Prince's genius. And there were... DJs in the city of Detroit who made their careers off of Prince. The midnight in the Detroit market was all Prince. From 10 to 2, that's all they played was Prince. By the time controversy came out, it was a wrap. Prince owned, ran Detroit. When he came for his Purple Rain tour, he started his tour November 11th, 1985. No, 84. 
in Detroit. He kicked it off. Came back in Detroit to Detroit in June of 1985 for his birthday. He did 12, 14 consecutive shows at Joe Louis Arena, sold out each show. Black Radio, listen, everybody. Black Radio lifted Prince, made Prince. The pop, he didn't do what they, they didn't know what to do with his sexuality. They were frightened of it. It was the same thing with Little Richard. Prince broke down those doors, man. When they said when they took Purple Rain to Warner Brothers, they didn't, want, they didn't know what to do with it. They took Purple Rain to Indigo with Richard Pryor and Jim, and Jim Brown. They didn't know what mm-hmm. to do with it. They said, well, Prince, maybe you should let John Travolta star in it. Are you kidding me? Nobody <laughs> knew what to do with Prince. Prince did that on his own sure talent. Prince, he opened up doors. And when Purple Rain came out, nobody could deny Prince was a genius. Nobody could deny it. Man, I'm going to tell you, man, we, 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 lost, we lost somebody. And hope, as time progresses, as time goes on, people are going to go back and study Prince. You know, word is that when Prince was touring with, 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 with uh, uh, Rick James, and that's a movie in itself, okay? Uh, Rick James told Prince, he said, you know what, the money is in touring. This is, what Rick, this is what they said Rick James told Prince. Rick James said, I'm going to get an all-male band that's going to be my alter ego. He got processed in the do-rags. He said, I'm going to oh, yeah, get a girl they're going to be my alter ego, Mary Jane Mary girls. Jane girls. Right. And we're going to go out on tour and we're going to make a ton of money. And Prince was like, huh, that's a good idea. Prince got the time <laughs> and he yep. got Vanity Six. Okay. Yeah, we see how that worked out. Right. So, but Prince was dedicated. Prince was dedicated. Prince was not a drug addict. I'm, I'm about to hear all that. You know, in terms of his death, I don't want to speculate, but, you know, I think Prince was a lot more seriously. His health was a lot more compromised than what people think. I don't think it was a hip. I don't think it was Percocet. I, I don't know. Per, probably Prince probably needed a procedure, probably a heart, yeah. whatever issue. Because it, it it, to die like this is a much more pressing issue. And for whatever reason, Prince said, I'm going to let it go. Uh, because in a couple of days of his concert, he did make a mention that, you know, you, you, you don't waste your prayers now. Wait a couple of days. I, mean, what, what, I don't know what he meant by that. But Prince is a giant. Prince's legacy, his music. It, 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 I, I don't know. I heard. I, I, I'm trying to think. I would say. I was looking for comparatives. And I was thinking, well, maybe Sammy. No, no, no. I don't, I don't think Sammy had what Prince had. Because, you know, he didn't have no rat pack, meaning Prince. Prince would never join no different rat pack. Prince was his own, his own power, his own entity. Okay. I, I don't know, you know, you people could say Michael, but mm. no, no. They, 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 Michael was great, and, he, and, and Michael can exist in his, in his own universe. Prince is great, was great. He can exist in his own universe. Okay. Uh, I, I, I don't know. There, there is no comparative with Prince. There is none. There was nothing like him. And I don't, I don't think it's going to be a long, long time. I don't think it's ever going to be somebody who shut it down. Who forged away single-handedly, man? This man ain't had no help. <laughs> he did it on his own. 
He stayed in Minneapolis, man. He didn't go to Hollywood. You know, he stayed right there and did his work. Nobody could put on the show better than Prince. Hey, look, it, it, I, we all got to go sometime, you know. And uh, Prince left a legacy. Uh, I, 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 like I said, when the books are written, it's going to be a lot more stories to tell, you know. It's going to be a lot more stories to tell. And like I said, Prince, as time go, as time go, go goes on, I think he's going to get much more acclaim, much more recognition for the things that he did in the community, things he did in the music industry, and his understanding of the music industry and what what that was all about. Thank you, thank you, D. Bird. Appreciate it. Man. As always, VA. I think we have someone from Tokyo who wants to make his comments. This is how big the Afrinor show is. Uh, is this Tokyo Mike? This is how you doing? Mike? My brother. <laughs> hey. Hello. Right. I know you from. I know you and your wife are, are, are hurting right now, right? Oh yes, yes. Uh, now it's my ex-wife. But uh, when I found yeah. out, I called. My, I called my ex-wife, and uh, uh, and I sent her the information, and she said, "No, you find me another source." I said, "This is CNN," and she just yeah. started crying. Hmm. He just started crying. That was uh, about 6.30 in the morning here. Uh, I called, you know, I, I had the opportunity to do personal security for Michael Jackson, and a, a friend of mine did personal security for Prince when he came here. And my friend said, Mike, for seven days, the guy didn't sleep. His, his, his chef popped in popcorn the entire time from Tokyo to Sendai to Hokkaido and back. He said, the guy's a machine. He was a machine. And just a professional. And I got to see Mason Parker with him on the stage in Tokyo. And I want to tell you something. I I was listening to what Q said and just listening to how black people are treating this man. Now we treat all of our, 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 our people when they get over the hill, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. I've watched Prince in Tokyo. When I tell you, Yakuza members walked in, ladies 50, 60 years old in kimono dresses walk in, sumo wrestlers walk in and take their place. And when Prince took the stage, they all stood up and just went crazy. Wow. You tell me what artist is able to do something of that nature. I'll wait. Wow. That's what we lost. That's what we lost. And it, and I'll be honest with you, it, it didn't really hit me until I saw someone post their high school uh, teacher break down in the classroom and cry once he learned Prince had died. And yeah. he was a Middle mm. East white man crying, and, and it hit me. It was like, wow, what fond memories of Prince does he have, and, and are they the same as mine? That's all I wanted to say, D-Berg. We, oh, I, uh, the gentleman, oh, VA, we're talking about Detroit. It reminded me of a funny story. I, I had a boss. He said the first, excuse my language, he said the first time I ever called a woman a bitch was at a Prince concert. He goes, it was the first day. Irresistible? At, Irresistible? At, it, was, it was at the Joe Louis Arena in Detroit. <laughs> he said Prince yeah. came out in a Cadillac, and the Cadillac crashed into some trash cans, and everybody just went crazy and started dancing. And he says the girl I was on the date with wasn't dancing, and everybody was looking at her like, what's wrong with her? And he goes, Bitch, what's wrong with you? This is Prince. You better start dancing. 
Oh. Oh, and I just told her that right now.
one more groove, one more again, one more again. Let's go to this esoteric groove. Be right back. Israel Badness, ah, no longer in the building. Wow, I'm still so surreal, folks. Tambourine from the Around the World album, although we don't really use that, that terminology anymore, the way that the, uh, the industry has changed. Um, a lot of innuendo in that tambourine groove, but I'll leave it up to you to figure out what he means by tambourine or what he meant by tambourine. Um, and also, you know, I have to give credit where credit, credit is due. Let me bring back Nemesis. My longtime friend. Um, when when I became a Prince supporter, uh, and I learned not to use the term fa- fan from him, he said, "Don't be a fan because fan is short for fanatic." I said, "Well, the Prince says that. I guess that's true, and it is true." So I'm a supporter, stalwart supporter for many years. Uh, as a as a as a younger person listening to Prince, very intrigued. I just know I knew what I, that I liked. I, certain certain songs I just could not stop listening to it, it's over and over again. 
And like many young folk, when Purple Rain came out, I'm expecting the second, well, the, the next album to be Purple Rain Part 2. Thankfully, it wasn't Purple Rain Part 2, Around the World in a Day. Around the World in a Day was radically different than Purple Rain. And it made me listen to music uh, sonically in a different way. Uh, it reminded me of, of a Beatles thing. You know, I had a song called Paisley Park. It was very much Beatle, Beatlesque. Uh, America was a jam. Uh, the live rendition of America, the live video, is, is that's, a, that's another thing that endeared me to his royal badness. When you see, I, w- I don't know if it's on YouTube. See, that's another thing, too. Uh, we know in later years, Prince just had this thing about, and rightfully so, if we're going to be honest about his art and people taking advantage of Prince's music. But if, if it is available on YouTube, I would implore the listenership to check out America, the live video, the actual official video release for America as a single. He was, it was filmed in Nice, France, if I remember correctly. I guess around the time he was, he was doing uh, Under the Cherry Moon, filming the Under, Under the Cherry Moon. But when he – he, it's just a workout. The Prince of the Revolution, complete workout, and towards the tail end of the song – he gets on the drums and is able to master the drum play. I mean, the man could just, the whole multi-instrumentalist vibe, you just don't see that anymore. And even the, the notion of bands. So we're losing the idea of what a band is, the communal aspect of, of a band. All that is just going, going to waste. When you see someone like Justin Bieber, I want to come on, come on just like, okay, I'm the guy, on the, you know, tell me, the, the guy to tell people to get off my lawn. But when he says things disrespectful, allegedly disrespectful, tweeting out about Prince as if he's in the same league, when we're talking about someone who was actually a part of a band and was very much about supporting bands, he's had a number of different bands that he's worked with. You've got to stop the comparison. Even with the Michael Jackson, I know I, I, behind the scenes, uh, Captain was kind of ribbing me about Michael Jackson and Prince. I'm just, making, I'm just here to testify. I'm going, to, I'm going to testify that we need to stop comparing, comparing the two because what it really boils down to is based on race and the androgynous thing. We have two top-flight black acts at the same time. We have to compare the two. Th- that should have never been the case. That, should have, that, that really should have never been the case, but that's something that goes on constantly. You know, whether it's with the, the top black comedians, the top black rap, you know, Rock Kim versus Big Daddy Kane or KRS-One. We're going to do that. We're going to do that. But to be more respectful, we really should stop doing that. Uh, if anything, it would have been more interesting to see if these guys could have collaborated in some way. But then there could have been an ego thing. And even if it wasn't an ego thing, just, the, just that kind of vibe and sounds, I don't know where we would have, where we would have gone with that. It would have been interesting. I would have wanted to see it for the sake of, for the sake of history, but as far as really matching properly, I don't know if that would have how that would have worked out. Uh, reported, I give you a suggestion. They would. I give you, sure, sure. I give you a suggestion in respect to that. Well, we'd have to let Prince lay the music, right? Produce the music, and then let Michael sing over it. Then you might be able to come up with something that's really remarkable from that standpoint. Not necessarily both of them trading on and off. That's what a lot of times people think they have to know. Yeah, Prince, you just produce one. Yeah, throw this to Michael. You just go ahead and do it. And then maybe they might have been able to come up with something 
rather really interesting from that standpoint. You know, that's just me just thinking out aloud, you know, from that standpoint. That's all. Back to you, T-Bert. Also, in, in, in full respect to our supporter, Black Achievement, B.A. had just mentioned that the, the uh, Billy Paul, phenomenal artist within himself, all, again, folks are leaving the building, people. Philadelphia's Billy Paul, me and Mrs. Jones's Billy Paul has left the building. Uh, Gamble and Huff, when we think about, again, duos of uh, L.A. Reid and Babyface or Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, Gamble and Huff will be in that same, that same league. Gamble and Huff, uh, production on the Philadelphia sound. Billy Paul was a, uh, was a component of that sound. He's no longer with us. Um, I'm also thinking of Billy Paul. I guess he has a, a distinction of making a, a lesser-known record, but it's still a historical one called Am I Black Enough for You? Am I Black Enough? Um, for, for, for music people, they know that song, but it, should, it also bears, bears the distinction of being a heavily influential and sampled record for Schoolie D, who is also from Philadelphia and a rapper that you might say, at least on the East Coast, might have ushered in the gangster rap thing. So I mean, if you want to put, put that out there as an anecdotal thing, uh, I don't know if Schoolie D gets that credo, but he definitely ushered in that sound. And he has his version of Am I Black Enough for You as well. But yes, Billy Paul is no longer with us. Uh, man, 2016... Not the greatest year. Not the greatest year. David Bowie left the building. Glenn Fry left the building. Whew, man. Can I interject um, something to you for a split sec? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all the profound people that connect across the barriers of the world, the barriers of race, religion, social, economic, so forth. These key people are gone. Now, some people say it's just old age, misfortune, but you know how I think. I'm not going to go too deep in on, on, the, on the radio station because last time we did something like that, you got somebody got cut off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, all right. I'm Bro, gonna nemesis, nemesis. It's coincidence. You can't talk like that. It's coincidence. Well, I'm not going to yeah. I'm not going to say anything. Coincidence. I'm going to let those who have their own mind think for themselves. Coincidence, but, man. Prince's music was very deep. A lot of these other artists' music was very deep. The messages they carried were deep. And it's time to really listen to what they were saying. Spread the word. And I'll leave it at that. But you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yes, of course. You know, we've we've been talking that way behind the scenes that, you know, um, see, I got to put this out here because it's all about full disclosure. Um, and now we have to kind of believe TMZ now. TMZ is becoming reputable. Isn't that funny? The T- the TMZ, yeah. uh, well, they hone in on this stuff. They they now they're becoming to the point where, whether it's uh, CNN or the New York Times or or uh, the the Wall Street Journal, these uh, white shoe white shoe media operations, we don't necessarily we can't really trust them. I think I will say uh, a lot of these these mainstream media outlets are engineering this presidential campaign. I said it. They're 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 swaying this. You're thing. arguing in a vacuum, brother, because uh, I believe most of you listeners, including myself, um, we know what's up. It's it's uh, I, I refer to the sheeple 
don't know what's up. You know what I mean? Exactly. They, I mean, they're not allowing this. They're not really allowing this to play itself out the way it's supposed to. So uh, I'm saying that because TMZ is saying now that, you know, as always, and unfortunately when it comes to black, black artists, minority artists especially, people of color, when it comes to how we're treated, and I don't really do the victimization thing, but I will, there, is a, there is a pattern that uh, when it comes down to your art and there, when there's billions at stake or hundreds of millions of dollars, all of a sudden things become unexplainable. And we're hearing now from TMZ that uh, we, we were led to believe that, he w- that Prince was successful in breaking away from Warner Brothers, famously. Now, now Warner Brothers is saying, eh, we don't quite know what to do with this vault. They're weighing in on this. It's looking like it might be somewhat of a mess with his money. This happens to James Brown. Um, this happened to Michael Jackson. We're talking about billions of dollars at stake, and these 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 artists, you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of weirdness with the legality. Where, where Warner Brothers was quiet for a number of years after the the, the infamous battle between um, Prince and his former employers or former uh, partners. Now we're hearing. Now that we're talking about Enough music that this man produced that could take us into another century. That's, what, that's how much music is in that vault. We're talking about a, a potentially 100 to 200 years worth of new music. And now Warner Brothers says, eh, I don't know who owns it. We don't know. It's going to be weird now. Now they're saying, you know, it, it, we're not sure. Why are they speaking? You know why they're speaking. You know why they're speaking. We don't know. There's no real heirs. There's a number of different relatives. I know at the end of the day, it's going to be lawyers going to get that money. Of course. Just like Michael Jackson's it money. It's going to be lawyers that are going to get that money. Not the, the real – when you see how the Vanderbilts um, – the Vanderbilts – shout out to uh, Anderson Cooper, <laughs> who's part of the Vanderbilt clan, even though he doesn't really talk about it that much. When you talk about old blue – Vein money. You know what I mean by blue vein? Old yep. blue vein money. Money that goes back into the 1700s. For some reason, that money is never complicated when it comes down to the heirs, to their heirs. When, it, when, when, the, when the skin tone darkens a bit, all of a sudden, we don't know. It's, this is confusing. We don't know what's going on. Everything gets very murky all of a sudden with, with generational wealth. And generational wealth is the great denominator when it comes down to being able to actually feed your progenitors going forward. So I, I really, really, really hope that this money situation, just on a psychic level, on a cosmic level, works itself out. But based on what TMZ has reported thus far, it already is getting a little, it's looking like it's on shaky ground because we're talking about a billion, literally a billion plus. Already I see Chevrolet has a red Corvette and a Lyric out there from, uh, from, from the little red Corvette. That's probably a, mo- a $100 million campaign right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just that Lyric. All that stuff coming out now, it's truly not fair. Folks, this is the last call from Africa Radio. 
commemorating the life of Prince Rogers Nelson. Um, I, I've been repeating this since he has passed on that uh, the black – it's really musical tradition, but I'm going to put it out there because I think we are more grievously harmed by what I see as far as what's put out there as music. Um, the weight of talent that, I'm, that I don't see now. So I say with this, la- this last person, this is the last person of that, of that real musical tradition, whether it's being able to play guitar, multi-instrumentation, songwriting, showmanship, all that. Now we have people cursing and, and calling us niggas as talent. That's what's out there right now. This, this person represented the other side. He represented the tradition. That tradition, unless I see somebody else come through, I mean, there's folks that can still do some things, but they're not really trying to promote that. Of course they'd rather promote doesn't, doesn't ignorance on wax. Yes, it doesn't fit the agenda, and it's troubling. Um, you know, listen, there's Lenny Kravitz is still out here. There's folks that can still do it, but they'd rather put them into the recesses. They're putting, you, you see, the, the loud mouths like Kanye West, who, put, who, who labels himself as a genius, but that's, that, I'm not convinced. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's not convincing. He's a genius of maybe self-promotion, the self-promotion of smoke, the self-promotion of smoke and gas. Maybe that's what I think Mr. West brings to the table, but as far as actually constructing a song from scratch, I don't think he can do it. That's just my own opinion. Uh, a few more grooves that we're going to have to close shop. We've got about 12 minutes remaining, folks. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, this is self-indulgent time. Um, let's go to, well, you know, I, I mentioned America. Let's go to that. Right back.
Double dose. Double dose. Good God. Double dose. When will we be paid? Staple, staple singers. Staple. When will we be? When will we be paid? Very apropos. Then we're going to close out on Purple Rain, of course. More groove, people. Let's groove.
when will we be paid? It's a pretty good question. And again, uh, that was a cover. Initially, Staples Singers, um, and he's worked with Mavis Staples. Again, we never really discussed this really in depth as to the level of talent that he actually worked with. Mavis Staples is a treasure. Um, and uh, that's initially a Staples Singers song, but he has a complete different version of it. And when he goes into, we pick cotton, you know, that whole thing, you know, the, the emoting, the emotion, uh, you get it. You feel it. Um, folks, uh, we're going to close on out with Purple Rain, which is apropos. And I must say this, because uh, it's all about being completely honest. Full disclosure time again. You know, um, as I said, that the petroleum that initially runs Afroner Radio, we talk about Afropunk, and that's part of the petroleum also. Uh, all, urban alternative music, black rock and roll. But this gentleman exemplified that. And he will continue cosmically and psychically to to be the petroleum that runs our little outfit. But I will I must be very candid. I, I am completely out of sorts. I, I my personal in my head soundtrack always was Prince music above everything else. And I'm not really into the cult of personality. Shouting out Vernon Reed and his crew. We got to get him on the show to, to, to explain this as as a uh, consummate musician. Um, but I will say that with the passing of Prince on a personal level, for me, I'm going to be out of sorts for a long time. I don't, I don't think I'm, I don't think I will ever be the same. And I, I will say that um, this is very close to if a family member were to pass on, you're never the same. And this is, I think, the first line of defense for yours truly as far as close members leaving, close family members leaving. I never met this man personally, but the way I feel, I feel out of sorts without knowing that I, I would to expect new music, to go to, new, to, go to shows, to feel good, uh, to decompress and that kind of thing, to, to rely on that one person that's going to give, it, give you the real musically. There's nowhere else for me to go. There's nowhere else for me to go, theoretically. So um, a personal shout-out to his royal badness and his family. You will be sorely missed, man, sorely missed. Um, wow, you know, this is, this is one of those, those shining lights that when these people go, on a personal level, I am out of sorts. I will never be the same. But I'm glad that he was here. Folks, we're going to move on out. Wednesday, we, we still got to continue living. We still got to do our thing in honor of his royal badness and continue that work ethic. This is Purple Rain. Folks, Wednesday. It's been surreal.